G'day and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Chat Podcast for Round 4. Jose here and the podcast is back after the coronavirus hiatus and it took a lot of time to get my head back around the players I had, the players I wanted and the players I needed to ditch. But I did my research on Thursday night, got back in the swing of it and won my first head-to-head match against a rival of mine for many years, which is a great way to kick off my head-to-head season. It's also great to have the NRL and Supercoach back to take our minds off things that are going on in the world and escape for a bit in our fantasy bubble. Well, that could just be me though. Anyway, if you haven't been made aware of the Supercoach changes for the remainder of the season, I'll take you through them now. Uh, The season has been reduced to 20 rounds. The amount of trades will remain the same, which is a total of 37, or probably 32 now after being given five trades to kick things off again and organise your team for the resumption of the season. I ended up making three trades this round, which I'll talk about when I briefly discuss my team at the end of the episode. Now, buy rounds have been removed this season, which means that barring injury, suspension or selection troubles, you'll have all your players available to you each week. I think this change will have the most impact on the way the competition runs and the makeup of many of the teams. In the past, for overall players, there was a pressure and a need to modify your team quite heavily over the buy period to ensure that you had sufficient amount of players on the park for the buy rounds so as not to take a point hit in those rounds and fail to keep up with the teams who had planned better around you. Without buys, a lot of super coaches will find themselves hunting for the same players, and provided they have made the necessary financial decisions around making money throughout the season, you'll see a large amount of teams with very similar players. While it was also necessary to try and get 20 to 21 gun players to cover buys or origin restings injuries, it may be possible to direct your attention and money to your on-field and reserve players with only one or two guns used as backup for any late team changes. All of this will remain to be seen, but those are some of my thoughts and some of the chat I've seen around the place that relates to the new system going forward. So round three is over and the price changes are upon us. Hopefully you were able to trade out anyone you feel is not living up to their price or who may have potentially dropped a large amount of money once they took the field. Which actually leads me to something that I saw across a few platforms before the round we've just had. And that is people seeing large break-evens on players such as Damian Cook, Tom Turbo, RTS, Cameron Munster and freaking out. These guys are keepers. You've put them in your team for a reason because they have the potential of going large and are consistent across the season. Price rises and falls are going to happen with these guys and without origin or buys to worry about, there's no reason why a high break even or losing cash should worry you if you intend to keep them for the long run. Unless they have a niggling injury, uh, four or five weeks of poor scores, or you feel you want to bring in a pot at one part of the season for head-to-head matchups because of an easier draw for certain teams, then you should keep these guys as long as you can, because they will get the job done as the season continues. I'm glad I'm able to do this podcast after the first price changes, because some of these players were perfect examples of not needing to be sold and proving to their owners that they are the real deal. This was shown in Damian Cook scoring 71, Munster scoring 90, and Tommy Turbo scoring 152 and actually making money with a break-even of a measly 130. Now, these are perfect examples of the fact that these types of guys don't just keep scoring low. They're guns for a reason, so make sure you give them the respect they deserve and trust your instincts. Now, some other round three chat. Uh, Liam Knight produced another poor score, and the move to lock doesn't seem to be benefiting him, so he's a sell for me. Ferguson scored 33 points, and even though his work rate wasn't too bad, the problem seems to be having Ryan Madison and Wunga Blake next to him. 
They treat the ball like it's the last packet of toilet roll in Woolies, and they're not giving him a sniff. Now I know that once I trade him, it's likely he'll go big, but there are probably better options in the position who may see more ball. The Eels have a huge amount of games at Bankwest coming up, but without crowds, will that enhance their performance? I'm not sure if the cardboard cutouts will pump them up too much, even if it is a serial killer staring them down. Now some cheapies played their third game and made some very nice cash for their owners, such as Tanoa Brown, Eliezer Katoa, Ben Hampton, Emre Gula, and some smaller but welcomed price rises from Toby Rudolph, Fui Mayono, Will Kennedy, Jamil Hopawadi, and Braden Williami. Now just as a little guide for break-evens, uh, and this is not an exact science by any stretch, but you can actually get a rough estimate of how much a player will rise or fall by price if you use the $750 per point method. Let me explain what I mean by that. So when I look at a player's break-even, and let's say it's 100, and they score 60, that's a difference of 40 points. 750 per point would be a drop of about 30 grand. Now there are many factors that come into play with this, but I've always found that it will give you a decent estimation of whether they're going to make or drop you know, 20 grand or 50 grand, which can make or break your decisions. Okay, some more chat. Rapana scored 60 in his first game back, so he's definitely a watchlist contender. Remember, prices don't change until after players have played their third game, so you can wait on people like him and Bradman Best, for example, although you only have two trades each week, so if you have a few guys coming into their third games coming up, you may need to go early on one of them. All right, looking into round four, the biggest team news is that Jason Taumalolo is out. Huge news for super coaches, and even though the injury doesn't seem to be anything long-term, with the amount of trades we have this season in a condensed format, is it worth trading him out for basically anyone and bringing him back when you can? Well, not for me. I'm going to hold and wait. He's arguably the best forward in the game, and there are probably more important trades that you could be doing, and I will be doing. Um, Cheapy Fuamayono has been dropped this week, and Katoni Staggs is also out for a week, but I see him as a whole despite his low score. So let me tell you what I did with my team last round and what I'm thinking for the upcoming round. Uh, my team's called the Maranthas. And uh, what I've done, one thing I did last week was I kept Nathan Cleary. I know that he's on a bit of a TikTok hiatus, but uh, I know when he comes back in a week or two, uh, he's going to be fit and firing. And he's probably the best halfback in the game, uh, apart from maybe Mitchell Moses. So I've kept Nathan Cleary for the moment, I know he's going to fire when he comes back. Again, full disclosure, I'm a huge Panthers fan. Uh, the trades that I did last round, or before the first round back, uh, was David Fafita uh, went out for Luciano Leilua. Um, Zane Musgrove went out for Eliesa Katoa, uh, who made me quite a lot of cash this round. And Watkins from the Titans went out for Ben Hampton, who also made a decent amount of cash and scored very well for the third week in a row. Uh, but the tries, will they continue? I'm not sure. But at least he's going to make me quite a bit of cash, and then I can upgrade him or downgrade him uh, in maybe a month or so. So let me tell you what my team looks like at the moment. It is Curacao and Braley as my hookers. My front rowers are Payne Haas and Tanoa Brown starting, and then Josh Kerr and Toby Rudolph as my reserves. My second row forwards are Kickout, Leilua and Carrigan uh, with Taumalolo, Liam Knight and Eliesa Katoa on the bench. My halfbacks are Mitchell Moses and Nathan Cleary. Five eights are Luai and George Williams. And my wing centres are Ferguson, Joey Leilua, who I'm going to keep this round 
because he surely can't keep scoring poorly and he's got the Titans this week. So I'm I'm just hoping that he's going to really fire this week. Uh, ben Hanton, as I said, I brought in. Will Kennedy and on my bench for the center wings are Zach Lomax, Willie Army and Jay Avarillo. And my fullbacks are uh, Turbo, who really smashed my head to head this week and saved a lot of people's, I'm sure, and Ryan Pappenhausen. So my thoughts this week, I need to get rid of Knight. A lot of people that are talking about Madison, People talking about McInnes. I'm not sure. I might go Knight to McInnes, who might be a good little pod. And uh, I may need to go early on a trade that I probably wanted to make next week, uh, which is Braley for Harry Grant from the Tigers. Um, now, I know it's not really good to go early on Braley because he's still got some money to be made. But I think next week with the likes of Capewell and Bradman Best, who may need to come in, sometimes, as I said earlier in the podcast, you need to go early on these guys uh, because you only have two trades each week. So this week I might go Braley to Grant, but I'm not sure about any of that. Um, if you have any questions about trades or any conundrums, make sure you send them to the NRL Supercoach Chat uh, Twitter. It's at NRLSC Chat. As far as my VC and C go this week, I was going to put it on Kickow on the Friday night as my VC, just a bit of, bit of fun and because I'm a huge Kickow fan. But with Tamalolo out as my lock-in captain against the Sharks on Saturday night, I may have to go the straight C on Payne Haas, always a very good captain's choice. Uh, first game, I know it's not ideal, but sometimes it's good to just lead from the front and get your captain out early and know that he's going to probably score 70 or 80 points, if not better. Um, or I don't know how I'll go. Maybe later, maybe I might get a little bit crazy and because he's been so poor for me, I might just throw the captain on Joey Leilua against the Titans and hope for the best. Who knows? Let's just see how the round unfolds and see how I'm feeling tomorrow night. All right, guys. Well, that's the podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, a shout out to Duncan, who I know is an avid listener of the podcast. And earlier he asked me, who should I trade in for Pappenhausen out of Teddy and Turbo? Well, I think Pappenhausen is probably going to come good, so I would hold him. But if you really wanted to get Teddy or Turbo and you could only get one of them, I'd probably say even though Turbo scored a huge score and won my head-to-head quite convincingly, I'm going to have to go Teddy, I think. Teddy probably just had has that little bit of an edge over Turbo. And also the draw, I think, for the Roosters is just a little bit better. So I'd have to say Teddy in that instance. But thank you very, very much for your question and keep on listening, Duncan. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Enjoy the footy. Good luck this round. And I'll see you next time. You got the power.